Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Fitness Uncovered podcast. Today we're here to talk about a lot of stuff. Women, mainly girls. Women's we're here, fitness. We're All here joined for women. I joined on my right with our two new guests, our first guests that are here in person in the studio with us. Ladies, please introduce yourselves. So what do you do? Why are you here? Okay, I will go first. Hello. I am Morgan Shapiro. I am a personal trainer for I think 11 years now. Mm, wow. You got I some know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, it's been a while, maybe approaching 12, honestly. Um, yeah, personal trainer. I have my own online coaching app. I train clients in person. I work on television with Channel 10 News uh, on a show called SoFlow Health, where we do like health, lifestyle, fitness segments, so a little bit of television. Um, all things health, lifestyle, fitness. I work with a supplement company, like all within the realm of health and fitness. Yeah, cool. that's me. Nice. But trainer, trainer by trade, fitness obsessed in the heart. We have two uh, two dinosaurs of the training industry with us yes. today. She's got more training yeah. experience than us and more camera experience yeah, than us. For sure. <laughs> you want to take my job as the, uh, yeah. the host of the podcast? I mean, I guess we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, hello. I am Emily Silver. I have been a personal trainer for six years. I currently work at Ultimate Sports Institute in Weston. Um, so if you guys need any trainer in Weston, check out Ultimate Sports. They are the best. Um, I also have a women empowerment activewear brand. So I do that as well. And yeah. Which is very good. I rep it all the time. Cool. So yeah, clothes. Morgan's my um, influencer. That is. <laughs> so fellas, if you're looking for gifts for your ladies or ladies, if you're looking for some yeah. apparel, check her stuff out. Absolutely. She'll be up on our Instagram as well. Yeah, cool. check it out. You won't be disappointed. No. Awesome. All right, gentlemen, to my left, go ahead and reintroduce yourselves. Uh, Jose, you can find me as Lifting for the Better on both Instagram and TikTok. Got Coach Andres here, Andres Corrales. You can find me at AC underscore Perform Strong on Instagram and also on TikTok. Same handle. Y'all know me, Nick, and be performance training. Whatever you need, send me a DM. Cool. Diving first into the first few topics of the day today. Topic is mainly the broad overall women's fitness should there be a difference in training between male and female? <laughs> Love this one. And <laughs> I think this is a, a, a complicated one. Not complicated. It's actually very simple. Are you going to say controversial? Controversial. controversial. I think, yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there? So, I know, Andres, we've spoken about this before, and Emily, too. I think with each client, you know, it depends. And I know that's an annoying answer um, we say it all we, the time. for we say a lot of people, time. but like, it, yeah. it really depends. So if someone has a specific goal for a, a sport or something, it depends. Um, but generally speaking, my clients are actually 50% male, 50% female, mm -hmm. and I train them the same way. Right. We're okay. all squatting, we're all doing pull-ups, we're all bench pressing. Um, some, if they want to focus a little more on something, I can give them that. But as we all know, you can't spot reduce either. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, sure, you can show a certain area a little more love and sculpt it a little more. But that also depends on your genetics, too. Yeah. So my overall answer is, no, you shouldn't train differently. Everyone should strength train. Everyone should do cardio. Everyone should do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. For sure. They're all human. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Our bodies. What do you think, Emily? I agree. There doesn't need to be a difference. I mean, of course, if you're practicing for a specific game or run or 
certain specific sports. activity. Yeah, something like, yeah. specific, yeah. But generally for fit health and fitness, no, I think everyone should lift a barbell. I think everyone should, you know, learn how to sprint and, you know, the overall um, like human movement. Yeah. Right. So I think um, I think the elements that you guys are explaining in terms of the what, what elements you can incorporate into the programs are all the same. Would you change the, the maybe the intensity slash the volume slash the the more intricate parts of combining those elements together to adapt itself better to a woman's body as opposed to a man's body? So I do that. I do that a lot too, depending on the day my client has had, and you know if they come in really stressed with work. I change those things. Um, now, specifically with men and women, not so much unless the woman comes to me and is like, I just got my period today. Yeah, and you're going to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Then that's, what, that's what I was looking that's for. That's the only difference that I would factor in that I, a guy wouldn't come to me and be like, I just got my period yeah. today. <laughs> so, Hopefully but, not. But <laughs> I, I still, I always ask the same question. Now, one may be that answer. One may be, I'm really stressed out at work and I didn't sleep. So the end result may end up being the same. We take the volume down, we take all that stuff down, but that's the only like difference. So it's not necessarily the gender difference. It's more of the, what happens because of the gender difference. Right. right. Yeah. And, or, or just individual too. Yeah. Right. Because what you guys were explaining at first is that there are certain things that you might want to focus on if you're playing a certain sport, if you have a certain activity, if you have a certain date that you're training for or an event. Which at that point it becomes like sport specific. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. way more dependent on what the person trying to do what their goals are rather than what gender they are yeah Yeah. absolutely anything to add no you guys are covering basically everything so i'm just here we love it listening to all this good information (laughs) yeah yeah good stuff yeah everyone's different you can't give everybody the same workout program it's gonna be different like she said the amount of energy you have everybody has ups and downs throughout their day so by the time they get to the gym you want to like accommodate to how they're feeling and how much energy they have to put and focus into the gym. Yeah, the program may say one thing, but if someone didn't sleep the night before, sorry, we're not hitting a one rep max today. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that that's something very important. We've talked about that before in the podcast about intensity and uh, and it's how romantic it is to have that thought process of I'm gonna go into the gym and beat the living, you know, crap out of myself just so that I can, you know, feel like I I, I did something, but in, reality you want to manage that stress you want to come in and if you don't feel if you had a terrible night's sleep if you didn't have good nutrition the the day prior you want to modify and adjust your workout to fit the the amount of energy that you have and also the amount of recovery that you were able to get that's something that i tell my clients all the time we're not robots we're we're humans and so you might have the best week of training and then the next week is going to be kind of a crappy week if you haven't been eating good you know like you're supposed to or sleeping because of the stress or you change your job or and we discussed this plenty of times in our in our podcast but either way the, the goal is to show up yeah mm-hmm. right. show oh, up yeah. and do your best for the day and so if you do that that's a win whatever the goal Those is habits. for the day right. try your best to right. accomplish so it if you're calling for a one rep max maybe it's not a pr but hey you're hitting the heaviest one rep max that you can hit for that day yeah and i know emily and i both which is kind of why we bonded and became friends but we're very passionate about like living a healthy, l- sustainable lifestyle. And I would rather someone be consistent than have those crazy intense weeks because it's not, like you said, we're human. It's not practical, but I would still want you to show up and maybe instead of one rep, you know, you give me like eight with a lot less weight, but you, you did movement today right. and that's a win. Yeah, so. and, I think yeah it's and it gets you closer to your end goal. Yeah. Yeah, At the absolutely. end of the day, it doesn't one matter step. as long as you're getting there, moving and 
it's I call it little checks. You check off that exactly. little block, and you're a little bit closer to what you want at the end. Yep. Exactly. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I want to bring up a sentence that you said to segue us into our next topic, which is the women should get under the barbell. Everybody should get under the barbell. Oh hell yeah! Yes. And I think there's <laughs> so a important. there's a lot of uh, there's like a stigma still around um, girls doing you know heavy compound lifts, yeah. uh, which has been going away recently with the rise of powerlifting. I think it's like a pretty popular mainstream sport nowadays. In terms of, in terms of ha getting away from that mindset of girls are going to be too masculine if they get under the bar, how is how can we change that mindset to the mass like non powerlifter mainstream girls that are trying to get into the gym? Yeah, I feel like just by showing them, you know, get yourself under the bar. Let's, you know, there's so many misconceptions out there and you got to just do it and like your body will show you like I have a lot of female clients and I have a lot of young female clients so I deal with kids from the age of like 13 to 16 wow. and most of them are feet females and the main problem comes from their parents mm. not mm -hmm. having the right education um, and you know they'll come to me oh my daughter is gonna be in a fashion show don't have her lift wow. too heavy because you know I don't want her to get too bulky for the show and I kind of just look at them and I say do I look bulky Damn. You know, like, because it's true, you know, like, you can't be afraid of weight and how much you're lifting in the gym. You know, it's it's part of health and keeping your bones strong and, and you know, preventing injury. Like, that's so important. Um, that's a huge pressure for a parent yeah. to put on a 13 year old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my God. It happens so much still nowadays. And it's, it's very frustrating because I can say everything I know to the parent, but they still have this mindset of, oh, I just need my daughter to lose five pounds this month. Yeah. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. not realistic. What's mm -hmm. realistic is something that is sustainable yeah. and that can be long term. Because by the time your daughter is 15, what is she going to think? Oh, I want to lose weight. All right, I'm going to starve myself to lose these five pounds in a month then you're gonna have real problems on your hands mm -hmm. you know so it's just more of that education and having their kids come into the gym meet weight lift with them and then that can they can actually see the progress that they're having they're like oh, okay this is the right way to kind of it's funny you say that because it's like the, the parent is paying you to help their child mm -hmm. get in shape but they're telling they're you telling what to you do, what to do. Yeah. 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 parents love to but do that's, that that's, that's, oh, yeah. parents love to but tell you how to train their kids that's very common with Make our, sure they with do our cardio. career cardio yeah. cardio 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 right. like we don't want her lifting no. we don't want her to get big and bulky just why, cardio. why do you think that why do you think that that's such a stigma why do you think that that's the way that these people think that if you'd lift i think then you're just gonna get bulky i don't i don't know i think a big part is social media um yeah. and like like their parents, for example, back in the day, they had the magazines, right? Mm -hmm. They had go. these girls like super skinny and a specific like aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Now it's definitely a little bit more of that thicker aesthetic. And, and I get my high school girls, oh, I want the, I want the booty, you know, <laughs> but thick fit. But yeah. when yeah. it's yeah, but when it's like the parent pushing, especially those younger girls, it's really hard to kind of change that like stigma that they have in their mind, you know, and it's it's not about the way you look, it's about health. And, and like another thing is huge, and I know you guys have talked about this in the past, is like fat is very important to have, especially yes. as a female. Like mm -hmm. for your hormones to function properly, yeah. you need fat. It's impossible. So the difference for between like body fat and the food yeah, fat. Yeah, it's That's impossible huge. for a girl to have a flat stomach and be healthy. 
you know, if you're not getting your period, that's a huge sign that we need to change something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just educating and, 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 you know, sharing other experiences from other clients and giving them tips that have worked for me personally to try to make the experience not as overwhelming because I know that that can happen too. And mental health is huge for me. And I know with like fitness and wellness and the whole realm, there's so much that goes into it that you could put a list of 10 things and look at it and be like, oh shit, you know, where do I start and what do I do and how do I get to this end goal that I have or that you have for your child. Like we got to go one step at a time and it's trial and error. It sucks, but yeah. that's how it is. You yep. know, Morgan, do you have any experiences with uh, some things? So that I are experienced to that? a lot of the moms, and the young girls. Um, I had one instance. It was, we don't want her to get big and bulky. We want her to lose weight. She'd show up to the sessions, not eating anything. The mom would have her do cardio outside with like the, you know, like those garbage, not a garbage bag, but like, you know, those sweat, sweat mm-hmm. suits. Um, and I ended oh up having God. to talk to my boss about it at the time. And we ha- I had to like not train that client anymore because it was getting to the point where it was dangerous. Like, like she couldn't, abuse. yeah, she couldn't show up oh, yeah. and having not eaten anything. Um, and yeah, it goes back to education. I think a lot of it is sadly the older generation I don't think it was their fault because we can see now how much social media influences us and we can all be aware of it. But I think back then it was like the magazines, the commercials, what their mothers were telling them. I mean, I have a a client in her 90s and she still says what she thinks the perfect look is. And it's generational. And I feel like it's changed Mm -hmm. over the years. Like I do think now our... Our generation is definitely more inclined to strength training and mental health and all those things, and that's great. But now that we're working with the kids, we're dealing with the parents. And I mean, I have women clients in their 50s and 60s, and they fight me weekly. Like, my clothes are fitting tighter now. I'm lifting too much weight. And I'm like, well, maybe your clothes will fit differently, but also you're with me two hours a week. Let's also look at your diet. That could factor in too, crazy thought. But, yeah, I think a lot of it is generational, and it's working to change that. Um, and I think that's our job. And, you know, as, as hard as it could be sometimes knowledge. with the parents, like, it, it's worth it because yeah. we could change this for the years to come. I think it's important to remind as well that the field of exercise science that we have now, it didn't exist back then, yeah. in like the 70s Absolutely. and 80s. Like the, all the information that we have back then, it was just like you literally just had the guys that were short like Arnold yeah. and the girls which were super skinny. Yeah. They did the, the, what was it, the, the Zumba classes? It was either the skinny Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Or the bodybuilding women that was just like yeah. super jacked. Yeah. So and there was no in between. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, wanna, I wanted to bring up because I, I wanted to th- see how much you think that kind of plays that role in today's world of we have that social media exposure, especially with this older generation and now the ju- newer generation. If you look at the people that are famous, especially, especially females that are not famous, but a little bit more, you know, have more exposure, have more of a platform that do lift, they might be a lot more advanced than the people that are in between that the everyday person, the everyday woman that's lifting that may not look like that, right? If you look at these people that are stepping on stage, that are powerlifting, that are at the top of their game, then genetics is also going to play a role in that. Maybe other stuff too, you know, mm-hmm. performance enhancement. Like a lot of yeah. misconceptions <laughs> come out of that too with women because they'll see these girls on social media getting ready for their competition, and 
they're like, I want to do that too. But mm. it's they're kind of following what they see on social media. Like, and yeah, that, that's cool. Wait, yeah, that's like cool. I want a six that. pack. Right. Le- yeah. How can I get my stomach to look like that? And then the influencer will show their meal for the day. And then that's what the audience or the person watching thinks that's what I need to eat mm-hmm. all the time yeah. to look like this. So it's still very much happening. Yeah. That yeah. It's just, just in a It's a yeah. different way. And I would love to say, and I do think it's it is healthier now than I think it was like before things were literally, if you look at some of the old magazine covers, like they would say, you know, lose 20 pounds in two days and you're like, what? But I think it comes down to like self-awareness and everyone just taking responsibility of their own consumption and what they're seeing and understanding that we all compare ourselves to an extent, but you really have to learn and continue to work at truly loving yourself because mental health and self-love is like a full-time job and your body is never going to be just like someone else's. You have to understand your Amen. own body shape and everything. And nothing wrong with working to change the look of it, but health first. Mm-hmm. You know, strength, strength train to be strong, to prevent injury, work on your mental health for yourself. And oftentimes you end up looking better in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's just like, you know, reap the benefits. So how does that process look? Because... I think a lot of people think that they look at people like that, that you're talking about, I want abs, I want those things, and they think it's a linear process to get there. I ju- if I just lose enough weight, I'll look like that, right? So how does the process actually look for th- these women that are lean, they still look feminine, they look great, yeah, and or even like the, the, the girls that think I need to lose the fat first to then build the muscle. Oh, That's yeah. probably the, you probably hear that a lot. Yeah. I mean, we may have different different approaches, maybe. But like me personally, I think that it's a combination of things. I think definitely I don't lose the fat first. I think I build the muscle first. And I've gotten to a point now where I've kind of just been like chilling in maintenance because it's just more sustainable for my life. And I'm able to, if I have like an event coming up, maybe I could cut slightly for like two weeks and I like look a little bit more shredded. I'm like, cool. But I think build the muscle, it's taking years and eat to maintain um, your energy, yeah, your sanity and your menstrual cycle because that is important and I didn't get mine for so many years. So that's been like number one priority for the past like three years of mine. That, like I said, if I wanna cut for like two weeks, I will, but generally speaking, yeah, build muscle and eat healthy and then you don't really have that much fat to lose if you're kind of always chilling in maintenance, give or take a little chocolate. You don't do long, long cuts is is kind of what you're saying, you do shorter. No, because for my mental health, it's just not not great. Yeah, I'm the same. I like that too, because Mm -hmm. in my experience, obviously I'm a guy, but in my experience, uh, when I do long cuts, I almost like desensitize myself to those changes in, in calories. Yeah. If I split up my, like if I'm cutting, if I'm trying to lose weight or if I'm trying to gain if I throw in some weeks in between where I do the opposite, I, I feel like I resensitize my body to those ch- slight changes that yeah. I might make in my diet. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You but react like better that. to it. I mean, yeah. and again, everyone's different. Some people may, you know, react differently to different things. Or like if you're in the bodybuilding community, like, you know, nothing wrong with that. I know they go through different phases, but personally, it's just not for me. And Whenever women come to me wanting to, you know, achieve these crazy aesthetic goals, I do like an intensive like consultation session trying to figure out why. Because I think as a coach, um, and sadly I think it happens a lot with females, is, you know, people will go to extremes and I think it's the damage it can do is way more like detrimental than it is beneficial. I think it's from the pressures of society that they have to look a certain way. Yeah. And that's why they want the results now. 
like yeah. doing those long cuts and restricting calories and endless hours of cardio. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, there's at, a at the end of the day, it only makes day. you spin your wheels more. Yeah. 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 I th- I just think that's no way to live. I mean, we like to go out to eat. We and gotta like enjoy <laughs> life. You know, Mo- food is meant to be enjoyed, but we also have to, you know, take it with a balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Balance. Yeah. And. For me, it's the mental health. Like, I need to stay out of maintenance. If I have specific goals, I definitely can fluctuate, and I know what I need to do to get there. But for the most part, I need to stay at a nice maintenance, and I'll, you know, push myself in the gym, and I definitely have to make sure I'm eating, eating, weightlifting, and then just going by how I feel. I mean, sometimes I don't have energy, but I go to the gym, and I call it play. I do whatever it is that that's feels awesome. good, mm-hmm. that and then shift. that's it. That. Whatever's you know? fun. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. whatever yeah. feels good. I'll do one, you know, set of something, and I'll move on. I'll go two, three, like whatever oh, it I is that, that I feel. More people I should do that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. More people yeah. should go idea. to the gym and play. play around because it's it is something that you want to get comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, like especially you go to the in the first few years, I'd say that's like huge, man. Absolutely, like when I go to the gym, I have. I mean, obviously, like I'm a trainer, so this is a little bit different. So I love it, but. But I think that you learn a lot about your body. You learn a lot about training. We're, we've been talking about this today, all three of us. But we're, you learn a lot about programming, even yeah. if you're oh, not yeah. a trainer. If you start playing around yeah. with certain things, you start figuring out what works, what doesn't, yeah. you know, what fits together. I remember um, it was uh, after my first competition that I did with Jose coaching me. I had a whole summer. Jose was like, Nick, do you want to learn Olympic lifting? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll learn Olympic <laughs> lifting just just because I was never I'll never competing in Olympic lifting, but I'll right. learn it yeah. just for the, for the fun of it. More skills. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah there's skills. so much that can be done in the gym and, and moving your body that it doesn't have to be the standard bicep curl all the time or mm-hmm. the squat or, you know, I mean, those are all super great. But Dude, if you're not feeling ears, it, it's like, yeah, if you're not feeling it, just get yourself in there and move and whatever. And feels that's how you stay consistent. And, and that's what I do to help me like with that maintenance. If I'm not like feeling up to using that barbell i'm like all right i'll go in play with the kettlebell for a little bit and i'm good you know i think i'm gonna take that advice because i'm very rigid yeah and that's something that i I have to (laughs) loosen up a little bit because when i write a program it's like that's it but you have to give yourself some grace because it's not always realistic you know sometimes you have like a so much going on and you're so stressed out and to follow a program and lift super heavy it's like especially as a trainer i I mean it's it's hard to not stick to the program but like (laughs) in my program this month i actually scheduled i don't call it play but i think i'm going to rename it in my program i scheduled one day where i put like freestyle cardio and then like chase the pump and i don't know i'm just going to go into the gym and like (laughs) I'm just going to chase the pump. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm obviously not going to go hit like heavy compounds because yeah. I already have that in the other and days. But yeah. I'm going to go and like hit some tries, hit some buys. I don't know. Maybe I'll dance at the end, get my heart rate up a yeah. little bit. Like, it's yeah, just sometimes fun. Sometimes I do some weird stuff on the turf. I don't care. Yeah. You guys can look at me. Like, yeah. come join me. Your yeah. vertical jumps are really good. I still do it. It's fun. It's just that I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that's also okay because I feel like some people are just like more type A and they love that. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, we've maybe developed that from other things that we've, you know, been through on our fitness journey and we find it works for us. Cause if not, I start to feel like I'm too rigid and controlled. And maybe that reminds me of a time when I was like a little bit too controlling and strict with my food. And then because of that, maybe my social life was lacking and other things weren't that great in my life. So maybe it's a little bit more triggering for me to be that rigid that I have to sprinkle in that time of yeah. play and flexibility, but that may not be the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. And maybe rigid is like what makes you thrive. So own yeah. that. I'm a, I'm a, Everybody's I'm a, I'm a different. Give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. It can't hurt. We all yeah. gotta do what's best for us. But Absolutely. yeah, play around. 
I love to do because I've been doing it with like, like playing basketball, but I think I do need to play a little bit more with my program. Ladies, you said going again back to the question of the barbell, putting the barbell on your back and actually squatting. Please share with us some experiences that you have had with strength training and the benefits that you had had with it in your whole life. Personally. Personally. So how I much has it changed your life? I mean, <laughs> like, oh my god. I love the barbell. <laughs> I wish I, I wish like I knew about the barbell when I was like 16. Same. I feel like it was a secret. <laughs> like I didn't start really using the barbell until like 2017. Before that, I was like training in college, very much like dumbbell squats and stuff. But not only did I make ridiculous strength gains and just like finally hit those newbie gains that of course are amazing and forever miss those. But I feel like the confidence that it gave me in the gym, like I am confident to go to any gym, even if I haven't been there. And because I know how to like work the barbell, I just have this confidence that like I can do anything, you know, like it really empowers you. And of course, I'm not always at my strongest. Like right now, I haven't been training for strength, but I know how to. And it's just super empowering. And, and I feel better. Right. Like I'm more mobile. I'm stronger. Yeah. How about you? Same. I love the barbell. It's changed my life. I try to lift it every single workout unless like I'm super run down but I love it I just recently started training my brother at the gym and he's like new is and that the, the yeah you always see me yep. and you know he wants to get big every single day we work out he has to lift the barbell I don't care what it is that we're doing but you got to pick it up yeah it's the best thing it's built so much strength and confidence, confidence. like you said like I can just, I see all the machines are taken. I'll take the barbell. You know how much you could do with the barbell? Yeah. I could do my whole workout with the barbell. And Absolutely. it's also one of the easiest tools to progressively overload. Yeah. 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 Easiest, not saying that it's easy. I'm saying it's just one of the most simple ways to, to progressively overload. Yeah. There's so many things you can do with it too. Not just like squats and deadlifts, overhead press, whatever. Landmine. Like once you put that barbell in a landmine, I it's like that. your life changes. And yeah. it's just like such a great tool. I mean, I love machines. There's a time and a place. But I prefer my clients to be working with dumbbells and barbells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's true Bands. what you guys say because I had a I have a client that when she started, well, she wasn't my client then, but I used to work at the gym. I used to talk to people, you know, engage with people, get to know them, and I noticed she would never go into a room where there was a bunch of barbells. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you? Why are you always working out over here? Why don't you try this stuff? You know, that's over here. And and she's like, oh no, only the fit people can go into that room. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I don't know how to use a barbell. Like, I'm scared of using it. Yeah. And I was like, come on in. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Taught her how to do a barbell squat and, you know, deadlifts and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, she just got super excited about coming to the yeah. gym. And she was like, I feel like a badass. Yeah. I feel like it. so it, it does feel that that feeling of empowerment yeah. and, con and confidence. Yeah. In the beginning, there's definitely that intimidation because, you know, you see on social media like the big fit people lifting squatting with all this weight but anyone can just go up to the barbell and use it there's it's like if someone's doing it it probably means you can do it too yeah um, anyone it's also, crazy i think that with what you just said about the intimidation factor i think a lot of people are intimidated by those people that are lifting that yeah. barbell in the beginning when you wouldn't know it if you didn't ask but they're probably so willing to help. Oh, the yeah. nicest people are usually those people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we all started from zero. It's not like we all yeah. walked yeah. in and started all of a sudden put on. Three, I used to be afraid of the barbell. I mean, at the gym I worked at in college, and when I first started training there, there actually 
was a section of the gym labeled women's fitness. Uh. And in there was only a Smith machine. Mm. And looking back, I'm like, oh, what, I, what I would do now, I would have like, I don't know, went to the city and like had something signed. And like, I would have been so mad. But at the time, like, yeah, I, I used to hang out in there. And it basically was like, all right, this is where the women go. There's no barbells in here. So I think it goes back to like, you know, changing that script but over time. to be honest, Smith Machine Squatters, when you guys started? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of us. Every, no oh, barbell I for think, me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I started with the Smith, Smith Machine. Smith Machine. Yeah. Even for the bench. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, want I, didn't I, would, I was like press when I started writing oh, the Smith Machine. Yeah. 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 So, how far we've come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All Which, of us. They're all great tools, you know, but there's a time and a place. And yeah. barbell. Just like you awesome. said, not putting, you know, because I think a lot of people are like, okay, if I squat, I, I can't squat heavy because I'm going to get hurt. You don't have to squat heavy at no. first. If anything, you shouldn't. And you're not yeah. going to get hurt if you. Right. Aggressively overloaded. So you yeah. want to start with whatever you can do, whatever isn't intimidating, even if it's just not even the bar, even if it's just a kettlebell. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't lift the bar, even if it's just a kettlebell, hold it in front of you, tuck it into your chest and squat with that. And just like you said, play with it. Just yeah. get better. It's a skill. So, yeah. Beautiful. Slowly. Segwaying into the next topic, which I think is the most important one. And it's the one that I think we can get the most opinions out of the hormonal difference between men and women and how that affects our training thoughts so i think we spoke about this a, a little, little bit, bit on Instagram. Um, yep. and emily knows i'm like so passionate Morgan about this because like i feel like every queen. time we hang out i'm like emily i got my period today and then this is my workout and this and I, i'll like text her like this is what i'm eating this week because of this and i actually want you to tell me exactly what you told me in that that dm as well oh. about how you structure your yes. yourself so this is not the same for everyone too Everyone's hormones are different. Um, like I'd mentioned previously, for many, many years, I wasn't getting my period. I think I was under eating, too low body fat percentage. I was super stressed physically in the gym, emotionally, self-induced Virgo. I don't know if you guys are into astrology, but bit of a perfectionist. So definitely I've learned to improve upon that, but it was so bad that I, I wasn't getting my period. And obviously I knew it's not a good thing, right? So fast forward to a lot of years of just like, checking in with my program, getting really into my emotional health, my spiritual health. Um, I'm very healthy and I'm regular now, but I am very in touch with the changes that go on week by week. And again, for some, I've met some women that literally are like, oh, I didn't even know I was about to get my period. I've never PMSed in my life. And I'm like, must be nice. But I change my programming a little bit. Like I try to deload you know every month i'll have like a deload week and i try to make that the week of my menstrual cycle i try to plan different events where i'm speaking publicly and stuff around that too i don't want to be in front of a big crowd or on camera when i have a bunch of cramps um i also know that the pms sometimes could make my decision making not as strong so maybe i plan to structure certain business decisions I have to make around that. Um, That's kind of like what we were talking about. Like, you know, he had made a post about like the nine to five job and like women. What was it exactly? So it was the fact that uh, hormonal fluctuations for women are monthly as opposed to men, which are daily. Daily. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So women shouldn't structure, have the same work structure of a nine to five, the same as men can do. Yeah. Yeah. And and he was saying a lot of like girls came back at him, like hating hating on that, which like I will say I have the, I have built the luxury of my job that I work for myself. And I'm able to plan certain things at certain weeks. Not everyone can, and they don't have the ability, so I understand that. But it is unfortunate because I have 
gotten so far by doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I know what weeks I'm gonna freaking nail it if I get in front of a crowd and make a presentation. I also know which weeks I may cry if my boyfriend doesn't give me, you know, chocolate. Chocolate, right? Like, certain things are gonna happen. And like I said, it could be worse for some people than others. But I definitely, I personally change my programming around that. But some women don't don't need to. And I think it, it's a case by case basis. It also depends on what's going on in your life, how much you're training. Like for, for me, I think it hits me harder because I'm putting a lot of physical stress on my body constantly in the gym. So I think that matters too. What about you? How do you well, feel? I think a, a huge thing, not only the workouts, but the nutrition yeah. around oh, it. Yeah, I didn't talk about my seats. And <laughs> Morgan, I go, Morgan, my cramps were horrible last month. What do I eat? Yeah. And she'll tell me, pumpkin seeds, go, yeah. do oh. it. So there's certain there's certain <laughs> phases of the cycle that I do a lot of seed cycling. And if you research seed cycling, it dates back to like thousands of years. Um, but the week before, the two weeks before my menstrual cycle, I will have sunflower seeds and I think it's sesame seeds and I can't explain it exactly to the hormone science but basically throughout the the cycle right your estrogen is increasing your progesterone all that stuff's happening this helps to balance it out so then when I'm on my period I'm having flax seeds and pumpkin seeds for that week and the week after and I've seen a lot of improvement with that Wait, can you repeat that again? Which ones are the ones that you take two weeks before? So sunflower and sesame. Sesame. And I believe. I'm going to like get off this podcast and double check sunflower and sesame. And then after, pumpkin seeds mm-hmm. and flax seeds. And that helps you alleviate Iron, the cramping. the cramping, the, like, for example, sunflower seeds are high in magnesium. And that's, like, helps a lot with stress, right? So I always try to make my oatmeal. Like, you guys will see in my story, you'll be like, oh, that time of month. All right, she's got the pumpkin seeds in, you know what I mean? But but I do those little things because I'm all about trying to treat things through nutrition first and stress management. Um, I also know the week before is probably when I need to slow down, do more journaling, do more meditating, really get in touch with my body and how I'm feeling. Um, and then sometimes, and I mean, we won't go here in the podcast, but I take it as far as to really tap into like certain chakra meditations. And I focus a lot on my sacral chakra and like really try to get in touch with that part of my body because that's a direct relation to the cycle. But again, not everyone goes this far and not everyone's like that, but I think our menstrual cycles are a huge indication of our health and like a big part of being a woman. And I, I think, think we yeah. should so learn women, about it. It's empowering to know so a lot about it. Ladies, and a big you're thing gonna be is very lucky of listening. having Morgan as yeah. your uh, yeah. coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think Morgan knows should be I'm very about. empathetic yeah. with your cycle. <laughs> yeah, this needs to be talked about a lot more because as you're saying this, I'm thinking like, oh, this would be awesome to incorporate in, in my clients, but I, I, I even I'm, I'm, right now I'm struggling to think like how do I even bring this up right. without seeming almost insultive, you know? Right. And because how do you ask? Like, here, you're on your period. Right. right. <laughs> Here's especially, some pumpkin especially seeds. Especially me as a as a guy being a coach, like this needs to be more of a norm mm-hmm. where it needs to be seen as okay Absolutely. to ask that question. Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a part of our body. Just like going to the gym and working out your legs, I feel like it's something super important, and not a lot of people are like in tune with that part of their body. Like a big thing too in figuring out like your cycle and like when you're ovulating, when you're about to get your period, after your period, is listening to your body, finding those cues. You know, like throughout the month, there's weeks that you're more hungry or less hungry, or and, more and bloated, and that's yeah. okay. Like you have a uterus, you're not supposed to be completely flat yeah. it's okay to have that shape so it's like yeah it's empowering it's important to understand that yeah while we're still on the hormone topic i do want to bring this up um because i think that we talk about estrogen and progesterone and all of these things when we talk about women but i think testosterone that gets left out of the picture a lot of the time and testosterone 
people don't realize that yes, women have more estrogen than men. However, women have more testosterone than estrogen. Yeah. Yes. And testosterone is an incredibly important you want it. hormone yeah. in women in general, especially women's fitness. And the best way to increase that hormone is lifting, strength, strength training. training. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you need it all. And like, you know, most people want that toned look, which I know we've talked about a lot of women say they want that toned look. The more you lift, the more testosterone you're going to have, the more you're going to achieve that toned look because you're mm-hmm. going to build the muscle, burn the fat. And while well, we're at it, yeah. what does that mean? Toned. Yeah. <laughs> so oh boy. We, we like we had a whole hangout session where we like talked about being toned for like 45 minutes. But I think we all can agree it's it's. Having muscle and having a low enough body fat percentage for that muscle to show. Yeah. But it's definitely not taking, you know, one pound weights and just like going like this over right. and yeah. over again. Like right. that's yeah. not how you tone. For some people who have been doing nothing, maybe they'll build muscle that way. Or to have amazing genetics. But right, or have yeah, amazing right. genetics. But yeah. generally speaking, you have to build muscle and you have to burn fat, which with specific training you can do at the same time, but also nutrition. Like that's huge. Right. And we've talked about how, you know, how that may happen at the same time or how it may not happen at the same time in our nutrition podcast. I believe we talked about a, that. A bunch. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much all of them. Yeah. yeah. So how do you guys convince your or explain it to your clients when they're going through their, you know, starting to you're coaching them and you're going to explain to them the things that they're going to go through, that what they're going to feel and their body weight changes. How do you guys go about it when it comes to telling them, hey, like um, these exercises are not toning exercises. Any exercise can really build muscle you just have to put a lot of intensity like how do you guys explain all these things to your clients like this is how it works i take the word tone out of it i don't even use it what if they ask for it though like what if they say no no no, i just want to be toned well i explained yeah Mm -hmm. toned equals strength yeah we got a strength train and tone to me like in my head when i think about it it's just like this specific aesthetic that they're looking for that's what they mean Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just like okay, these are the steps, these are the things that we need to do to achieve that goal. And it's also about listening to your body. You know, there's some things that are going to work and there's some things that aren't going to work and it's only a matter of time that we're going to be able to see these things. I think it's a huge uh, part of being a trainer as well as being able to interpret that, what they're saying. What they mean. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by, like, what exactly do you mean by toned? Yeah, Yeah, we're mind readers, basically. Yeah, Yeah. and asking them (laughs) their specific goals and, and, you know, what they're doing at home and all those things. Yeah. You know, all adds up. And, and with that question, depends. I think it's important because a lot of people don't know what they want, and they just say, they, just, they see a look and they see I want to look exactly right. Like right. And yeah. they don't realize the person's like maybe they're five feet and that person's five nine. Yeah, like, yeah. it's gonna look a lot different. Yeah. Or even the muscle insertions. That's what I see. It's like, oh, yeah. I wish my chest was a little bit. How do I get a bicep and, peak? Yeah, wh- right how do there. I grow the middle of my chest? Is like. Dude, it's your chest. Like, yeah, you what do I'm going to tell you? you it's the genetics. Yeah. Genetic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they look at abs. Oh, I want my abs to be like the six blocks like that. Well, what not, everyone's, not right. everyone's abs look like that. If only we can pick, you know, I want a little yeah. this, a little that, but it, it doesn't you know, work that way. You know Frankenstein? I've always wanted <laughs> big calves. It doesn't oh, man, the calves. <laughs> I just I wanted big arms, but whatever. <laughs> I think you guys look great. Oh, thanks. But no, back, back oh, to the tone. I mean, I kind of do the same as her, but... I tell my clients also, I'm like, listen, like you're, you may know you want to be toned, quote, quotation toned, but the muscle literally knows two things. It grows or it shrinks. So we're going to grow it and we're going to burn the body fat and, and then you'll have toned. Really? I try to make it as simple as possible, but. I know she's so good. It, what if, what if the client is hung up on a certain body weight? Oh, I want to oh, weigh this. Oh my God. I hate the scale. 
It's hard. It's <laughs> hard because, because on one end, like not only do you not want to lose the client, but you don't want them to stop to stop training altogether. So right? that, that's so, huge too because it, by us sometimes telling the truth, yeah. we expel people away. So it's that mm-hmm. that part of the communication you is you got to find the in between, and and not even just for the selfish part of like I want to keep this client. I want to keep them because I know what I'm doing is good for them. And I also know if they stop training with me, they may stop working out, period. Right. So I want to have them adhere to continual movement always. I want them to feel heard, but I also want to educate them. So it's like an in-between sweet spot. And I think you try not to come off too hot. Like, listen, you're going to gain weight. Sorry, so it's going to happen. But you also don't lie to them. You say, well, listen, you know, muscle weighs a little more than fat. So you may see that increase. I really recommend maybe weighing weigh, weighing yourself is a good measurement but it's not everything we'll take we'll take measurements we'll take pictures so maybe why don't we start weighing in once a month and then that gives them time to see the change in their clothes to see all the differences that isn't just the number on the scale but it's hard sometimes some clients are going to be real hung up on that number yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I do the same thing i try to shift the focus and say okay the scale is a tool, but why don't we start that. taking progress photos yeah. first and noticing the progress that you're having in the gym? Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. every workout, maybe with the barbell squat, we're adding fives on each side each time you're coming in. Like that's a huge progress indicator. You're getting stronger. Yep. Also, the way that your clothes fit, you know, start paying attention to that. And sometimes it might be tight in certain areas that you might not feel are really where you want it to be, but let's give it time. You know, don't put too much pressure and just careful with the scale. I really love that word, the word tool, because when you think of tools, you think of like a bag of tools, like a, like a hammer. And that's what you would use to build a a house. Yeah. So that's like, it's your little project, just like a house would be. That's, I think that's a good mentality to have for your, your own body. Yeah. And I also remind them that it's not just fat that is being weighed on the scale. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times that's what they think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's so much inside your body that the scale is getting weighed. The huge difference the between losing weight and losing mm-hmm. fat. Yeah. yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. And, 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 and for you guys, you know, your body weights change depending on, you know, your menstrual cycle. It fluctuates cycle. It fluctuates a lot oh, yeah. when you're ovulating, when you're in your menstrual yeah. cycle. And so, like, if you weigh yourself every single day and you see that the, the weight is coming up, and coming down, coming up, and you're putting all this work, you're training, you're yeah. doing nutrition, it can be frustrating. And your yeah. caloric intake looks like this, like a wave of <laughs> yeah. you're trying to adjust I mean, to everything. I've done the weighing every day before, and it's almost it's almost comical because I've gotten to a point where it doesn't affect me because I know so much now about like the menstrual cycle and Just stuff. Data. It's almost cool now because <laughs> I'm like, I knew it. I was going to be two, three pounds heavier. Like, this is spot on. My cycle is regular, you know. <laughs> I almost get excited because it's like a, it's a good consistency also, like, you know, sodium factors in. Like, I always tell my clients, I'm like, yeah. did you have Chipotle last night? Because chances are you may be a little heavier now. Like, it's... Chinese food? It's, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So weight, definitely a tool and something I don't recommend to people every day. Also, if someone has a history of any disordered eating or bad body image, I don't recommend it at all. Yeah, I tried g- healthy relationship with the food and the... And yourself And first. the monitoring the progress, you know, yeah. just like those little things more weight you know taking the pictures like those are all small wins you absolutely know? you look at yourself every day you have to take pictures to be able to see that progress yeah. you know yeah. and Doesn't also what happen. you tell yourself when you look at yourself oh oh my gosh sometimes i have clients that come in and be like Ugh, i look ugly today as look at yourself in the mirror right now say something positive and tell yourself that you're beautiful yeah. i am beautiful and repeat it three times yep. all right let's go back to work yep there like, you go you have to shift that mindset because otherwise it'll eat at you it's yeah. crazy how psychological i'm, I'm gonna is. pick up i'm picking 100%. up a lot of tips 
Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> next, next time they walk okay. in, it's like, <laughs> first women, of all, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am I'm strong. That's <laughs> true, because for I'm women, I feel like the fitness world, of, like, it's it's also mental. Like, it's a huge mental thing. And, and, like, a lot of times I notice I'll have clients and they're looking around the gym as they're squatting. Like, why are you looking around? Focus on you. This is your time for you. Yeah. You know, I know sometimes it's hard and it's kind of like human nature to compare a little bit. But you got to, like, once you notice, you refocus. I'm here for me and I'm focusing on me. Yeah, they look good. What they're doing is cool. But let's get it's back not me. into. Yeah. Let's get back into focus. Yeah. So, ladies, if there, there's a 19-year-old girl that is just starting to the gym. This is her third month. Each of you give me three tips to tell her to the cameras what she should be focusing on right now. It's her third month? It's her third month. She, she just started. Is she working with a trainer? She is not working with a trainer. She's doing, trying to do it on her own. Okay. Um, eat. Don't be afraid to eat. There you go. That's a big one. Be proud of yourself that you've made it three months and the consistency. Celebrate that yes. and keep at it. And don't forget about the barbell. Don't forget about the barbell. <laughs> Come find me. I'll help you. Don't forget about the barbell. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't compare. Your yeah, journey. Don't compare. Ups and downs. It's going to be your journey. Embrace it all. Because you're going to learn so much through it. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Huge. All right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask this. This, I think, uh, some of us are really excited for this. I think it's a, a very big thing, right? Where... People, women get pregnant, and they're told certain things about training, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, certain things like that. Uh, now, now a lot of information is coming out on why it's important to be strong, on, on resistance training, on, on the process of rehabilitation, postpartum, all of that. I wanted to ha see you guys' take, especially. I know that you have a... Yeah, so that's yeah. that's my passion. So Emily definitely it has more experience in this, and you have a certification in it. Yes. I guess my only input, I'll say, is my sister had a baby a year ago, and I was kind of training her throughout the process. And she told me when she was giving birth, she envisioned herself on the leg press. And I feel like <laughs> that just tells you everything. Like it, I know it helps so much with the actual birth and the mental health and all of the hormone regulation throughout it. So now specifics... Take it away, yeah. Emily. Before you start, let me rephrase that question okay. properly. Why would it be important for a woman, if she's planning to get pregnant, to train? And if a woman gets pregnant and didn't train before, and she sees some benefits from that movement and activity, is it okay for that person to start training yes. once they're pregnant? It's actually very important. Um, so I have a client that I recently got. She's like eight weeks pregnant now. And she just started in the gym. She's never set foot in the, well, 20 she, years Did she start ago. because of pregnancy? She started because of pregnancy. Perfect. And, you know, she wants to get healthy, start moving her body, and she also cares about postpartum. Um, so it's super important. And as comes with everything fitness, there's misconceptions everywhere. And a lot of the times it's kind of like your handicap when you're pregnant. And it's not the case. Moving is very important. Um, and each stage of your pregnancy, your body is changing, you know, your first trimester, second, third. And, you know, everyone, of course, has a different experience when they're pregnant. But um, like this one, I just she just came in and she's like, I just got pregnant and I want to start, you know, 
getting in the gym, moving, so that I have an easy birth and that I can recover postpartum. Perfect. Of course, coming into the gym for the first time in 20 years, now being pregnant, there's going to be a lot of modifications and a lot of things that we're going to have to change week by week, month by month, because her body is also changing. Um, and there's a lot of things that we also have to make her aware at home, too. Um, and a the main area of the body that we're really concerned about is that core and pelvic floor. Um, we have to be careful that they're not, you know, I'm going to get too sciencey. But be my guess. There's no yeah. such thing. Um, but, um, nerds. So, you know, we have our linea alba. Naturally, through pregnancy, it separates. But we need to be careful that we're not bulging our intra-abdominal pressure through that linea alba because, you know, throughout the pregnancy, you get bigger. And if you have that intra-abdominal pressure, always, you know. Do you want to explain what the linea alba is? The connective tissue in between your abs. There you go. Right here. Okay. And, um... So yeah, so it's you have to be careful because if it expands too much, the only way we can fix it is by surgery. And you don't want to have surgery right after giving birth. The way. So, you know, a lot of the focus is the core and the pelvic floor. So in the beginning, we definitely get into like, you know, kettlebells, dumbbells, squatting, doing a lot of full body movement, definitely lots of strength training, but really teaching her the fundamentals of the core and what each layer of the core muscles are, how it works with the pelvic floor and how to, you know, get up from the bed and like simple tasks like that, because as she gets bigger, there's going to be more bulging. You know, we want to protect that. Um, so yeah, it's just like lots of stuff, but, um, definitely starting at any point in your pregnancy, I think is important. Getting movement helps with the birth. You're strong. You're, you feel empowered and ready to like get that baby out of you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's. So what I'm, what I'm yeah. getting from this is that it's not only is it the case that you, you have to train before pregnancy, it becomes even more important to train. During, during pregnancy. During. during is very important, yeah. Mm. Especially when you're getting into that third trimester, you really want to feel strong and empowered, and you also want to make sure that we're making room in the hips because everything expands. You know, and of course, everybody cares about the aesthetic of their body and, and the working out and the specific exercises that we do in preparing for birth are going to ultimately help you keep that aesthetic that you want postpartum. Right. It's also going to help you recover a lot faster. Mm. Yeah. So what are some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to the workouts of women when they're pregnant? So, so for example, if you've been working out for like six months and then you get pregnant, I would say continue your workout regimen as you've been doing um, and listen to your body. If you notice like any uncomfortable feelings or, you know, maybe you notice that like it kind of hurts to go a little heavier, keep you know, doing what you're doing and listen to your body. Um, and then. Would you recommend not, working with somebody? Yeah, I would recommend working with someone. There's not too many don'ts, to be honest. Um, I would just say, like, making sure you're taking care of your core and pelvic floor, because that's huge. You know, a lot of women, when they're pregnant, they deal with pelvic pain. And it's normal, but not really. You know, you should be able to carry on your pregnancy, you know, managing 
minor pain. It's common, but not it's, normal. Yeah, it's common. Yeah. yeah, but not normal. It's a lot of things. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah. There's what about certain trimesters don't? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it once you enter the third trimester, you shouldn't do things so like, on your prime. belly? Obviously, well, yeah, throughout, you would assume people understand that. But Throughout most of the pregnancy, like, you have to be careful laying on your back. But realistically, like, if you're doing, like, dead bugs, for example, mm-hmm. you're laying on your back for, like, less than five minutes. You're pretty much good as you get bigger you just want to be careful because of that you don't want to like close that vein anything mm-hmm. that'll be good but um <laughs> but there's not too many does i mean definitely be careful with the with the core and the pelvic floor and just if you're not sure of what to do for the core hit me up do some <laughs> do some research um just you want to protect that that's that's the main area because with legs you can pretty much kind of if you feel comfortable doing it you can do it or definitely find someone in your area that can yeah yeah yeah. what about two i know i've i've heard a lot of people say you you know you sit-ups of course or like yeah those things you can't get your heart rate up and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like if you did no exercise before probably not the time to do like crazy high intensity interval training well yes if you had been doing that before is there a certain point where you need to stop increasing your heart rate to x zone or no, no let's say me and go. you get pregnant Same and we want to go crazy we're good okay um but up until what trimester like you up what, until whatever. birth birth oh okay. wow but because we've been but doing if, right. yes mm. it, like i've been active forever and i want you know there's so it's not that much of a stressor yeah there's some yeah. women that have ran their whole life and they run throughout their pregnancy and they run until they give birth and it's totally fine but again it's like also listening to your body that's such a huge thing if you notice like you're having pelvic pain while you're running start walking instead Mm -hmm. or start trying to find other alternatives to movement that feel good with these new body changes um but like you don't have to adhere to like the talk test uh in trimester three or anything where like no i still i guess it depends on the person yeah what's the what's the talk test so if you're doing cardio and i can no longer talk to you do we have to stop at that point like is it obviously the cardio is hard for me at that point but if I was doing that before, you're saying it doesn't matter. I could stay there. Yeah, if you were doing that okay. before. Let's but say if this someone's new just starting, that I have now, they probably don't want to get there. Yeah, if I, this new client that I have now, I wouldn't get her up to that. Right. right. So no way. But I would have her heart rate up enough that she's out of breath, but she can still answer my questions if I, like, hey, so how are you feeling? That. Good. Yeah. You know? Like, and that's why a coach is important. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, if you're not sure what you're doing during pregnancy, for sure, find someone that can help you. Um, but if you've been active be active and just listen to your body. And there are a lot of tools out there online. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate part is like a lot of OBs are not, have no idea of yeah. these new, you know, certain exercises and certain things that you could do to relieve pain and to make sure, you know, that linea alba uh, separation doesn't happen. It's called diastasis recti. And it happens to a lot of women. And it's just like, that's a big thing. You don't want to have surgery after you no, just give birth. Is, is that why sometimes they can't, they uh, say they end up, they have their birth and then they lose the weight, but then there's like some skin hanging. Is that what it is or? Yeah, there's, like, there's definitely some core dysfunction in there mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. But it's also like with that pelvic floor. It's yeah. it's you can see it together. even whenever yeah. they're still pregnant. That 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 uh, diastasis recti. You can see it. It's that little. You like, can feel it. It's like a separation. You can yeah. feel it. Okay. And if it's if it's more than like four inches of separation, you're in trouble. Yeah. So yeah. what what if she's a powerlifter? 
Oh yeah, hell yeah, she could continue doing it. So if she was like one month out, you just need to be careful. You don't hit yourself, right? Maybe you're not doing cleans. Right. You know, there's certain things. What if she's like one month out from the competition? She can still squat. Wow. Yeah, be careful, be careful. I mean, I wouldn't compete. Yeah. Hell no. But if you want to <laughs> I feel go, like it's been done. But if but if you want <laughs> to like division. continue going to the gym and power lift, you know, uh-huh. by all means. I mean, always consult with your doctor first yeah, before. Right. That's huge because everybody is different. But if you've been active and you're a power lifter, you're a runner, you're a yoga instructor, whatever it is that you do, and you've been doing it forever and then you get pregnant. Keep doing that. Keep doing it. I also feel like it makes for a happy baby. I mean, my mom told me that she worked out the most when she was pregnant with me, and I turned out to be a trainer. And most women want that. So, work out, guys. We need more trainers in the world. Yeah, most women (laughs) want that, like, bounce back. What helps you bounce back? Get your (laughs) booty in the gym. It'll help you. Have that muscle already. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of what I'm getting from everything that you're saying is, if you have not been working out prior to getting pregnant, one- Get a coach yeah. if you want to start working out. And that training is probably going to be focused on movement quality and maybe mobility. Yeah. Maybe um, some strength in there as well, but that doesn't necessarily have to be like the, the sole focus. Yeah. Versus if you were already training prior, you can just kind of continue. Yeah. And then regimen. and always consult your doctor, of course, if you have high blood pressure or whatever it is. Right. Um, just make sure that everything is good and they give you the clear. But usually if you've been active, you're pretty good to go up until you're ready to like your due date. And they can still see benefits of gaining muscle mass. Oh, yeah, you can still gain muscle while pregnant for sure. So if you're an OB listening to this by any chance and you are telling your patients not to strength train, maybe you should talk to Emily right there. I think everyone would love to learn from each other. Don't tell them to stop moving. Yeah, no. Moving is so important. And just so bad for your mental health. Like You're going through so many hormonal changes that exercise is... At least go for a walk outside. That's the biggest thing I always recommend. Go outside, get some fresh air, some sun, and walk. It's like one of the best things, especially in their third trimester. It's so good. Curb walking, amazing. Opens up those hips. Everybody's got to do it. Because I actually heard what Megan mentioned, uh, Morgan mentioned, sorry, that don't get your heart rate so high because I I've, hear that right yeah, I've trained women that have been pregnant before and they tell me that my doctor told me that I cannot get my heart rate yeah. up and I know that you can right. if you've already been working yeah. out but, but it's the safe since, answer yeah but since I'm not a doctor I'm not gonna be like oh no your doctor's wrong so yeah yeah and if they have listen and but, I, I watch yeah. I like monitor I watch their face like how their I watch their body signals mm-hmm. so if I notice that I don't know. This doesn't look like. Let's switch. Let's do something else because I don't. I don't like how this is looking. Yeah. Just like you can tell. You I can feel. tell. Um, so yeah, like my new client that just started in the gym and she's eight weeks. Like by the time she's three, three uh, in her third t- trimester, I would have her like walking on the treadmill or on the elliptical. I probably would not put her on a stairmaster or anything crazy right. like well, that. Then you risk too if they s- miss a stair and they fall, and you yeah. want to avoid those things. No right. box jumps, obviously. Yeah, but. Leg press and stuff. Yeah, the leg press is like the best. Like yeah. your sister said, it's so good, yeah. and that you need that leg strength to push that baby out. Yep. Yeah. But it's so like doctors will give you the safe answer. Of course. Because oh, like sure. if you are and understandable on their part, but that's right. why we would love to come together. Like they'd I know rather you not an oh, issue occur <laughs> and then do nothing than then yeah. do something and then God forbid something happen. But usually, you're good. Just yeah. like we, yes. I mean, and, and I think that. Some doctors would benefit from getting some more education and strength training, just like strength trainers are told not to 
give advice, medical advice. Yeah. I think that everybody kind of needs to stick stick to their scope yeah. of, of practice. Again, Absolutely. just like you said, listen to your doctor. Yes, first. But yeah, that does not important. mean that your doctor knows everything. Right, yeah. And do research on your own, too. You're allowed to, you know, have your own thoughts and, and you know opinions. your body best. Second yeah. opinions. If you think that your doctor is wrong, don't listen to us. Go speak to another doctor yeah, that maybe absolutely. is more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Cool. We touched on mostly the benefits of strength training before and during pregnancy. I want you to go over the benefits of strength training postpartum as well. Okay. So postpartum. That you and let's sh- separate it. Okay. Because you already talked about the people that have been doing it throughout. Okay. What if somebody is listening to this podcast just now and gave birth last week and wants to start training? Okay. And didn't train before? And didn't train before. Well, that's okay. both scenarios, I think. Yeah. Right. Important. Trained okay. and didn't train. Th- that's a hard one because, all right, so you give birth and they give you about six to eight weeks of, like, you're not allowed to move, you're not allowed to lift anything heavy. So you want to get into fitness because you're not loving how you look postpartum and you want to, you know, get into a new routine. You start slow. Yeah. Very slow. I mean – Depending on how you gave birth also is a big in- indicator on, like, when you should start. Are you, you know, talking like, about, like, cesarean? Yeah. Cesarean so, like, let's say you had a baby naturally. I say the second week, you start going on walks. You know, start getting that blood flow, get moving, the sunshine. C-section's a little bit longer. I'd want to wait. surgery. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe four weeks. Get outside, start walking, stop moving. And then the next step would be practice dia- di- diaphragmatic breathing. That's huge. A lot of people don't know how to breathe with you their diaphragm. Yeah. You want to explain? you want to dive a little bit deeper with, as in what that is? Yeah, what so, is that? So, it's, look at your new baby. How perfect it is sleeping. <laughs> Watch his tummy. You see how it's coming up? and down as he's breathing. That's how we should breathe as a human, as a adult, Adult. you know? (laughs) Um, Through life and as we get stressed out, we just become mouth breathers, it just happens. So the way I like to teach my clients is lay down on the floor and try to get yourself as relaxed as possible. Then we place one hand on the diaphragm and then one on the chest. And then you want to take a nice deep breath and feel that diaphragm expand. Fill it up with air and then we'll breathe out. And then you should feel your, it's like, it's almost like a wave. Like the belly comes up and then it goes down. You know, it's like a little wave. So we practice by feeling it. Um, So that's huge because that helps with that core activation and making sure that we're using every single layer in that core to help repair everything that you went through through pregnancy Um, and also incorporating the pelvic floor which is huge Um, (laughs) which by the way it's coming yeah Yeah, Yeah. most most people forget about it and like women have babies and they're like i sneeze and i pee common not normal yeah it's lack of strength in the pelvic floor and you know while you breathe diaphragmatically get a coach hit me up (laughs) and um you want to make sure that we're engaging that pelvic floor as we're breathing out it's lifting Mm -hmm. you know and then we'll release and relax and kind of repeat it over and over again and that's kind of the nice slow way i like to ease people into it and kind of regaining that strength in the core and then we'll start slow in with exercises like the dead bug and there's so many different modifications you can use with the dead bug the dead bug's my favorite because there's so much that you can do with it and it's like what really strengthens strengthens your core properly yeah um so what's the protocol for diaphragmatic breathing like how 
long of an inhale, how long of an exhale, how like how times? many how many minutes do you do it yeah. for, how many right. reps do you do it for? Like I how say, that I work? always do count to ten. Think in your head, count to ten, fill it up slowly, and then release slowly another ten. And I usually tell them lay like two minutes every day. Cause, yeah. Because it'll take time for you to actually relax, especially if you're not used to doing it often. Right. It's going to take you time to relax and actually be able to use your diaphragm. The more and more you use it, then you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is how I do it. But um, like two minutes every day, just like find some time, you know, focus and really, really use your mind. That mind muscle connection is real. Um, so I tell them to do that. And then, you know, if they want to increase it, most people find it relaxing. They can fall asleep while doing it. Yeah, it's it. like meditating a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So that's kind of my my spiel. Go for your little walk. Spend some time diaphragmatic breathing. And then usually before they go onto their, like, postpartum, like, leave, I sh teach them specific exercises to do other than, like, the, the bird, uh, the dead bug. Dead bug to do at home while they're like recovering, which are like, you know, bird dog is one of them and, and some like glute bridges, but I have them get like a Pilates ball and we use that and it's, it's very gentle, but it helps strengthen up so that when those six to eight weeks is over, they're ready to get back in the gym and we don't really need to go through that like, period of yeah. relearning and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so they at least have that core connection and they're a little bit more mindful in their body. But just starting out, I say walking and practice that diaphragmatic breathing and finding a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Finding yeah. a coach because just in case you have any sort of, I don't like to call it a core dysfunction, but it kind of like is. So just in case something just is. Just call it what it is. It's yeah. just straight up, you know. Right. Just, you know, find a coach that can help you and teach you some tools. And then when you feel comfortable, you can, you know, go on on your own or stay with your coach. So right? um, Especially if they're empathetic <coughs> like you. Excuse my ignorance. Maybe you guys know this because you guys you have a, a child and you've probably dealt with this before. But why the period postpartum is important for rest? So everything is going back to normal. Their uterus is shrinking. Everything is shrinking and going back to its normal size. Um, so we just want to give that time for the body to like, holy shit, I just. Like re recuperate. Yeah, like I just had a baby yeah and it needs time to kind of recuperate and another thing is is everything is weak you know yeah. the core and the pelvic floor so like a lot of times they don't want any any you know you lift a heavy box 15 pound box they don't want you know again that intra abdominal pressure can go out the linea alba but it can also go down into the pelvic floor so we just want to make sure that they're not doing anything to make their recovery longer right mm -hmm. especially if you got a c-section yeah mean, that's a serious surgery so and the emotional toll that I'm sure I haven't had a child, but um, the emotional yeah, toll. Yeah, postpartum sure depression is you. real. So, like, you know, that's also a thing. Like, take your time. Yeah. You Most know, I know new moms aren't grace. sleeping that well, so yeah. I probably wouldn't recommend like hit the gym for an hour on top of sleep yeah. deprivation. You know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like just small things, giving yourself grace, and and then once you feel comfortable and your your doctor gives you the clear, start going in the gym and 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 work yourself up to where you were before it's not going to happen overnight you right. know and make the small goals um to get to where you want to be or you know and so patience is key at that point. patience yeah for sure and everyone's body is different you can't look at 
your friend that had a baby two weeks after you and her, she went back so fast. Everybody is different. You retain a lot of water. Is she breastfeeding or are you not? Like, that's also a huge thing. When you're breastfeeding, you're burning so many calories. You have to eat a ton. And if you're not, you know, you are you retain the water a little bit longer just because you're not, like, breastfeeding and burning those calories. You know, mm-hmm. the body isn't working that way. I mean, it is, but, like, you know. Yeah, it's so, different. Yeah. Different, different. so before we move on from this topic, because I love the diaphragmatic breathing topic it's that you brought up. the best. Yeah. So I think people at home would benefit from this. Just a couple of things that I want to talk about that. If you're listening at home and you have not done diaphragmatic breathing and you're not, you didn't get, you didn't give birth, you're not pregnant and none of that stuff. Even if you're a guy. You should still <laughs> yes. do diaphragmatic breathing. Absolutely. It is extremely important. It's and so some of the important. things that you went over, I want to explain why they happen. Why you feel relaxed whenever you start doing diaphragmatic breathing versus not doing that. You have your primary breathing muscles, and then you also have secondary breathing muscles. So the biggest primary breathing muscle is your diaphragm. But you also have your traps, your levator scapulae, all these things that are going to race up your chest and your shoulders that are going to give you that that regular Mm -hmm. breathing pattern that most people have. Not regular, but that most people have. By the way, I love what you said about common and and, uh, normal and the difference Mm -hmm. between that. Because just because most people breathe a certain way doesn't mean that that is what is normal. Right. So the reason why that is is because your parasympathetic system is directly linked to your diaphragmatic function. So whenever you're using those secondary breathing muscles that are all up in your neck and your chest, all these things that move that thoracic cavity and expand it, uh, you're going to be more into that sympathetic system, which means you're going to experience a lot more stress. This is also why a lot of people have headaches, migraines, neck pain, uh, shoulder pain, things like that. So if you experience any of those things, whether you're a woman, whether you're a guy, whether you're pregnant, whether you're not, whether you just gave birth or not, diaphragmatic breathing is going to be incredible for you. Especially after training. So I started incorporating it right after my lifts to send my body back into that parasympathetic state. And it helped my recovery so much because to leave the gym when you're like yeah, hyped so up jittery and, and super and high strung, like yeah. not, not good. You yeah. may stay there. And when, so. you, when you do it, you have to always do it laying down no, no. that's can you usually do it sitting down i lay down and elevate my feet after a workout but when i'm just like meditating at night i'm in a different state already i'm like mm-hmm. chilling in my room then i just like lay flat on the floor or i lay in bed but after training I, I do elevate my feet and lay down so you could actually progressive overload this and i've messed around with this a little bit progressive before. overload breathing. diaphragmatic breathing. What do you, put, you put a kettlebell on top of you <laughs> you can do that actually but so you shouldn't make for, a program about I think this. The, the, the easiest way to explain it, you, ha- you would have to understand the anatomy of the diaphragm kind of to, to really s- know how to progressively overload. But if you're actually in a, let's say, quadruped position, a quadruped position just means that you're on your hands and... All fours. All fours, Four. right. So basically your stomach's facing the floor. It's going to be a little bit... L- there's going to be less resistance against the mm-hmm. diaphragm. Therefore, it's going to expand easier. That doesn't mean that that's where you should start. It's actually a little bit more difficult to start in that position. Yeah, that's why I said the back, just because I feel like that's the best way to teach them and, yeah. and like, help they know where to feel and they know what they're looking for. And, and then we, we kind of progress. All right, l- now let's sit up mm-hmm. and practice. Let's stand up. Let's get on all fours and kind of do it in different positions. Positions. Yeah. Absolutely. I've also had people lay on up. Uh, I don't do the, I've, I've done the kettlebell. It's a little bit aggressive, but what I do <laughs> I like doing that. I've is, actually uh, done it. I just didn't know that I was doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? But I love the stability ball for this oh. because you can lay on the stability ball and it also gives you that feedback of yeah. the, the same thing that you were talking about, about placing your hand on your, on, on your stomach or on your abdomen. Um, it gives you that feedback, that mm-hmm. stability ball to expand into that. And, it, and you, obviously like, 
if you're a little bit heavier, it's going to be really difficult because you have to kind of lift your body and also push into the ball. But that's a great way of loading it. Once you've already yeah, gone through the process of, yeah. yes, introducing it and understanding the movement. So you just hold it like this and push your stomach out. I, yeah, lay on it. Relax as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Breathe into the ball. The word pelvic floor was thrown around a lot today. Just like the word for the connective tissue in between, what's it called again? The linea alba. Correct. Please explain to our viewers. Correct. Correct. <laughs> 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 he was just testing. <laughs> I knew it. I was just making sure you knew it. <laughs> Please explain to the viewers what is the pelvic floor? How can you kind of feel it in yourself? And training it, what role does it play outside of pregnancy? Okay. So pelvic floor is in your pelvis. By your hips, but your lower core. It's connected with that core. That's why I mention it so many times together. <laughs> um, so repeat that question, sorry. How can you feel your pelvic floor? Okay, how can, you feel how can we feel it? Yep. So laying down, this is the best way I like to kind of, because most people aren't aware of mm -hmm. their pelvic floor. I have no and, idea. And, and also like movement <laughs> in their hips. They're a little bit like, you know, moving their hips, getting their hips loose is like not a normal thing. Right. So the one no, place is laying down on the floor is the best way because the average person will lay on the floor and then we'll have, you know, your back on the floor, that lower back is up. You know, we got that little arch and then we got the booty on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the main ways is a lot of people um, use the term like uh, your belly button to your spine but I kind of not don't really love that because you won't necessarily get the connection of your pelvic floor while doing that. Mm. So what I like to cue is we want to take a nice deep breath. I like to do a couple just so that we can get that nice flow in. Can I try it right now? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. All right, so we're going to get that nice flow. Wrong. You're already breathing <laughs> That's why I say a couple of breaths because usually the first few is going to come from their normal habitual, like, mouth breathing right nice. but i always love <laughs> he's like I got, dying i got called the mouth breather nice <laughs> in my own in my own show okay and then we will place our hands one on our diaphragm and one on our chest so you're going to take a couple nice deep breaths really blowing up that diaphragm and then breathing out and i say breathe out like you're blowing out of a straw after a couple of times in this they're doing it laying on the floor I want you to tuck your hips slightly, you know, almost. As in, in? Yes. Okay. As like a contraction, right? Like contract it in. Now you're gonna take another breath and when you take this breath, I want you to feel your lower abs lifting. So you wanna lift and pull in towards, so almost like the belly button to spine, but we also wanna get that lift of the pelvic floor. So that pelvic floor is gonna lift and then we're gonna engage that core Feel it? And then we're gonna release, blow out of that straw. And let's do it again. Really, wait, wait, before you blow on. out, before you blow out, we gotta really feel that engagement, that core, that pelvic floor lifted, you feel it great, blow out of the straw. And that's kind of where I show them like where to find their pelvic floor and how to connect it with the core how it goes hand in hand. Cause we wanna make sure it's like lifted. Cause a lot of times, for example, you could do um, a bent over row, right? And if you look at someone, sometimes like they got their belly hanging. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We wanna engage that core, lift that pelvic floor and now resume with that. 
So Bro. this is the position that we use when we are lifting heavy weights as well? For sure. I yeah. mean, I do it when I lift heavy. Yeah. yeah. Would it be Haven't safe to uh, say that? We, we just call it bracing That's exactly the core. Right, bracing yeah. core. Yeah. Yeah, but I like to say, like, I don't know, I, I like the word engage the core yeah. a lot nice. more. Okay. Um, and, like, a lot of another cue that I like to use is our transverse abdominus is like that um, mm. that corset, right? Okay. So we want to feel it wrapping all the way around. Like a little shield. Yeah. So while this they're... This is why you see yeah. powerlifters. Powerlifting, you know, that's they, exactly they, what bracing they is. They step into the deadlift, and they'll literally do the same thing that you just did. Yes. They'll mm -hmm. just be like... Yeah. I've heard of powerlifters too, like going to do a big lift and they pee themselves a little bit. So oh, yeah. it's like All that stuff times. is yeah. really yeah. important. That's yeah. why we need to like get that that pelvic floor working with your core. They work together. Yeah. So every time you're working your core, you want to make sure that pelvic floor is lifted and engaged with it. So I like to start on the floor doing that. And then as we get more into our strength training, breathe between each rep and make sure that that we're feeling that engagement because your core is your main stabilizer mm -hmm. you know and you don't necessarily have to do abs to get abs you know yep. let me ask you this is there any um benefit to this in regards to stomach vacuums for example yeah TVA. Do, you, do you know what those are yeah are for sure i mean i would if you're going to be doing those stomach vacuums lift that pelvic floor with it yeah. You know, it's definitely don't they go leave hand it. in hand. Like you yeah, said, it goes hand in hand. Don't leave it behind because when you leave it behind, that's when you're going to have the issues of like, let's say your pelvic floor is weak and you lift up that bar to do a deadlift and you feel like uh, I'm sure some people feel that like, you know, the pelvic floor is weak. It feels like it ripped in half, you know, or you feel like you have to pee or it's like that painful feeling that really comes from that lack of strength and mm -hmm. like not using it. Yeah. Yeah, the tissue is not being prepared. To yeah, makes total weight. sense. Yeah. yeah, so you brace that core, but then the pelvic floor is left behind. You're still mm. kind of screwed. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think when people think of pelvic floor exercises, I think that the most most popular one is probably the Kegel. Oh my God, no! Bye. Right. So that's what I, was <laughs> Wait, I actually don't know what that is. You don't know what a Kegel is? No. So it's uh, stopping the floor of urine, like if whenever you're peeing. Stopping the floor. Okay, of urine. please, uh, whoever does that, please don't do that. Please stop doing that. That's not painful. Bad to do? Yes. Okay. No what is a key? So I want you to explain. Uh, what I want you to explain. What is a key? And what are some <laughs> other are better like examples? Uh, <laughs> like it's kind of hard to uh, explain, I guess. But like, it's like a uh, stopping your pee. Yeah, like it's like you, you said. said stopping it's like a, a contraction in the vagina. And it's, or it's what, what if I don't have one? But, but it's, yeah. okay, yeah, in the penis. <laughs> yes, but it's it's more of like that organ working versus your pelvic all the muscles in the pelvic floor working, working. Okay. right yeah so uh, is, is it bad though to do that um, instead like i understand one doesn't take the place of the other it's bad to but do is it, it while you're peeing you definitely do right. not want to be stopping right. yourself every time you're peeing to right. like practice a kegel right. you could do kegels but they're not necessarily going to do much for that pelvic floor health right okay. um so a, one exercise that i like to do is um like a glute bridge, right? I lay my clients down on the floor and I get that Pilates ball, put the Pilates ball in between their knees. They're going to be di doing those dia diaphragmatic breathing. As they lift the hips up into that glute bridge, we're squeezing the ball as hard as we can with those knees in. And then we drop the hips, take another breath. So that's like a uh, one of the example exercises. But I like using the Pilates ball a lot to really engage the pelvic floor because they can feel it more. They get feedback off the ball, how much pressure they're putting against right. the ball and stuff like that. 
Um, Man, I'm so, learning so much in yeah, this episode. You're saying so it's, many it's easier to teach that right way. now. You're saying this so many crazy. This is why it's so important to find a coach that is good at, at this specific thing that I'm least talking about. Because what she's saying right now is that the pelvic floor is a system. It's yep. not one yeah. thing. So that's why you don't want to do the, just the Kegels or just the diaphragmatic breathing. And that's why that exercise that you just said, there were like three different things that you yeah. coached on there. And that's why that's so important to get a coach so that you do understand why these things are so important to train as a system that works together. Because ultimately yeah. you can train your it's diaphragm. It's a lot. I mean, I try to break it down, you know, step by step. But then ultimately that's the goal to be able to do all these things with these exercises. And there's so many different exercises that you could do. But that's, you know. the right. Having someone teach that is crucial. Yeah. Because if someone just sees a video, they may just put a ball between their knees and just start, like, raising yeah, their no, hips up. And they're not thinking. Yeah, it needs to be mindful. You can't aimlessly oh, yeah. just do this. You know, you have to, like put that intention in your mind. That's why I say mind-muscle connection is a real mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. You gotta focus. So what, yeah. I'm, what I'm getting from this is that the most important exercises are usually the ones that don't look cool. Yeah, yeah. and that don't look that it, difficult. Don't look that yeah. difficult. But this pelvic floor training is basically the base of the pyramid for all the other exercises that everybody wants to do. Yeah. Everybody okay. wants to deadlift, everybody wants everybody. to squat, everybody wants to do a military press, you know, kettlebell swings. and if you see all those movements, you are moving your spine and you're engaging your core. But yep. if you don't know how to engage the core, then the exercise is not going to be as effective yeah. as it could be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pilates is, has been around for so long and it was originally, I know, to rehab, I believe, dancers. So it was used as that to start. And it's still, I mean, Pilates you're, you're doing great. Pilates with your clients. It sounds like a lot yeah, of Pilates and strength yeah. training. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the base we gotta, of everything. We got to work the small things that are forget about, like that most people tend to forget about. I mean, the compound movements are great, but we also need to make sure that we're taking care of all those other little accessory muscles yep. so that everything can be performed correctly and that we don't have any room for injury. That's yeah, what we want to eliminate, no injury, Absolutely. that we can move 100%. forever as long as we can. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Emily, out of pure curiosity and kind of deviating a little bit. Why did you decide to specialize in this and learn so much about this? Yeah, I never because asked you Because I want to be a mom. She's, um, she's always I've always she wanted babies. to be a mom. <laughs> I've been wanting babies for like five years now. Um, and that is something that when I started like, you know, just learning more of like the health and fitness world, there wasn't a lot of information out there about the core. And like, I've as, never heard any as, of this before. As women, well. that's one of our main areas that we care about, you know, and that's something that I wanted to learn for myself, but also to teach other people because I had have. have had friends that you know have had babies and they tell me the stories about their OB not knowing or, or not giving them the right information or whatever whatever and it's it's really sad because I feel like women need to be supported and encouraged and like educated throughout this process of like this new journey of life that they're going through um, so yeah I mean I just, and then as I started learning, I was like, this shit's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked it. it. Right? Yeah. yeah, so that's that's my favorite part of the personal training. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear more from you once you do become a mom, how yeah. it is to experience that all with yourself. And when the time comes for me, I know who I'm ah! calling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Love Good. That. All right. Segwaying a little bit out of the topic of pregnancy, uh, back into something that is a little bit more mainstream, uh, which is body image issues for girls, uh, <laughs> specifically in the gym. Um, how do you address those issues with your clients? What is there some of your techniques that you use to maintain a, a strong, healthy mind? We talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like whenever we hang out, um, me, her, and our other friend, Andrea, who's also a trainer, 
Um, but I know myself, like I struggled and still do sometimes with body image issues. Like I think, and I also think it's not just women. I think sometimes, you know, men could oh, be sitting back yeah. listening to this and being like, oh, I shouldn't have this. Like, it's okay if you're going through that too. Um, it happens for everyone. But I think, you know, the biggest thing is prioritizing mental health. Yes, that's, I feel number like that's one. number one. Over aesthetics, because like we said before, the aesthetics will come. But I've seen it before. People focus so much on the aesthetics and they're still not happy. Yeah. Because you're really not prioritizing your mental health. So you could be dieting, cutting, you finally get to that weight or that body fat percentage. And you look in the mirror and you still don't like what you see. And you still feel miserable. Yeah. You know, you're it, like, that's funny because uh, this was, I was 19 years old. And I had been training for about four or five years at that point. And it was like the four or five years of constant trial and error and trying to find the one thing that works and seeking through all the information that you find online, how to train properly, how to eat properly. Right. And then at some point I was like, this is exactly the body that I wanted. I'm pretty strong. I look good. What now? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you that point too. And then I got a coach. You know, it's crazy that as coaches, we first get into the industry to get people you know, in shape help them achieve their fitness goals. But we end up being kind of like pseudo psychologists yes. and motivators. <laughs> I, and I studied psychology yeah, in college. We have like That's a, my, have like, my degree in. And that is, psychology is very important to, for your client to achieve their goals. It's not just putting out the, pl the, the program, putting it together and just having them do it. Right. Their mental health is very important because if not, it's not, the program is not gonna be executed. Yeah. And so it's, you never know, as a trainer, when I got into it, I never thought that that was part of the, of the business right it is and i had to really educate myself as best as i could yeah. and i still have a lot to learn yeah. in order to help my clients the best that i can yeah and so it's it's yeah. we have a lot of it's, hats that we have to wear as coaches because we're dealing with to help people our clients. Yeah. right like we're not yeah. just writing a program and yeah. that's it like it's human beings and i think like i know same with emily like i say same because like we're so similar but like i'm so passionate about this field because i've seen how much it's helped me and how much i've grown and I've used fitness as that tool and it's just like from trial and error and understanding what has helped me mentally. It's, I just want to share that with people. Yeah. The easiest part is reprogramming. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Like yeah. this is something my I mom told me agree. when I was little and she told me this. she was like, your job is going to be easy. Whatever you get into is going to be very easy. Yeah. The hard thing is dealing with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's Absolutely. what's going to mess up your job. Like either you learn how to deal with people and enjoy that, or you're going to have a bad time with whatever it is that you end up doing with your life. Yeah. 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 If you tell me, can you build a really good program to build your quads? Easy. Right. Easy. 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 I know. I know exactly what I'm going to do there. If you tell me build Nick a program to build his squads. Now it gets a little bit more complicated. A lot more you have to take into account. <laughs> Why yeah. me? What did I do? He <laughs> complicated, no, like, man. Because you're, you're, you're comp exactly. Is it, is it, she said wow. it. Wow. <laughs> no, but it's true. Every Everyone is so different. And I feel like, you know, you can't, you can't treat everyone the same yeah. at all. Yeah. So yeah. I think we answered that. Yeah. And I give people my personal tips, like journaling. That's yeah. the freaking best thing ever. Right, all the things that you have know, helped us. Like I said, you know, focus on yourself, the little affirmations. Send your friends voice notes oh, oh, when I'm you have a, the I'm bad a, days. I'm a huge <laughs> voice noter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, Morgan, this I'm year, crying. And also, this year, though, five don't... Minute, ten minute, uh, oh, we're, minute. we both no, keep like, it under five. Like, one and a half, two. <laughs> 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 no, like, two minutes. I look at a five <laughs> one, I'm like... Yeah. Sometimes three. So it depends what's going on. But I think also the body image, don't don't trust your thoughts on those days, you know, like understand that mm -hmm. these like emotions very much do not define you. 
they come through you, you recognize them, you let them pass. That's so, so you're, huge. you're not, mindful not taking of that. an action exactly. despite having a thought yeah. or an emotion. Yeah, and, and try to think too, sometimes there is like a root cause. You could think deeper, like me, if it's around that time of the month, I have tendency to feel a little more bloated and sluggish. So I view myself a little differently. Versus other times I'm like, damn, you look good, you know? So the fact that I could go like that from week to week, it's like, I try not to ride the highs too high and the lows too lows. I have aesthetic goals, but at the end of the day, it's like, I need to love myself. And that feels so much better. Yeah. I think a huge part of this is uh, obviously with nutrition and diet. Uh, how, how would you incorporate both for yourself and for your clients whenever they're having those fluctuations that may be real sometimes, but also may be just a product of their uh, their mental health? How would you go about navigating them through that challenge? So I guess it would depend. Like if the client is you know, tracking macros or following a meal plan, maybe that's the time where I'm like, hey, you know, let's just talk about how food's making you feel. Maybe we switch more to like your relationship with food and maybe now that's a time to focus on that because now the mental health is taking a toll and that's always number one. Um, if they're just not liking the way they look, like in general, then maybe we actually need to fine tune the macros and fix the meal plan. So it, it depends what's really going on, I guess. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Usually with most of my clients, it's something mental that they're going through, and I just try to find easier alternatives to make the nutrition not as much of a chore. Right. So I'll just show them little grocery hacks. Look, get this, get this little salad mix. It's super easy. Get a can of tuna, mix it in, squirt, like put some lemon, and you're good. That's, you know, like trying to just find stuff that doesn't make it seem so overwhelming that, oh my God, I have to cook this chicken. Oh my God. You know, like make it just a little bit easier. You know, you don't have to always buy organic, even though it's preferred, but like, you know, go to Publix. They have stuff already chopped up. It's much better than, you know, grabbing something packaged and when you're stressed you don't want to deal with like a whole meal prep so it's like let's not completely go off our goals but let's do the easy prep stuff yeah and that's gonna make you feel good and i try to give them like uh you know places to eat and like oh this is super great salmon burger you can find at carrot express you know Mm, try that you know like trying to like specific (laughs) (laughs) whatever but you know what i mean like you working with carrot express (laughs) promoting them i actually just recommended that to a client that's why I came to my mind but um you know just like you know ways to make it easier like not having so much on their shoulders I feel like once they have these goals sometimes they tend to put so much pressure on themselves to like accomplish it even if like they have a bad day or if they can't you know make it to cook dinner they have to stop somewhere like the the game isn't over safe to say a huge part of the fight is mental yeah yeah Yeah. oh Oh my god absolutely so what are some of the tips you guys give your clients when they're you know, going to go out and have fun and how can you help them stick to their, you know, plan their in goals. order to achieve their goals? Yeah. So I deal with that a lot. When you say fun, do you mean like alcohol and stuff too? Maybe. Yeah. When they go out to a, a restaurant, get together with the girls for a brunch, right. uh, things that so you guys mimosas. like to do. I, we love mimosa. <laughs> I'm more of a tequila girl, but I would say don't deprive yourself. Don't restrict at all that day. Like if you know you're having dinner, don't starve yourself until dinner because most likely you'll go in with a mindset of like savage and you're gonna like order like all the nachos and you don't wanna go into that like that place. So I would say like, you know, drink water when you're out. That's something that you can just add. If you're gonna drink, I always recommend go for like the tequila, soda water, lime, the healthier option, stay away from the sugar stuff. It's also just not gonna make you feel great. You're gonna have a really bad headache. stay away from the mimosas. So I, if I have a mimosa, it's all champagne, dot of orange juice. 
So not that bad. <laughs> and if I drink, I do like water in between. Each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're both of us aren't big drinkers at all. Yeah. But um, if you do go out to the bar, I like to bring a bag of like almonds in my purse because eating like Morgan fats. Morgan always has snacks. Always. I have a protein <laughs> bar in my bag if you guys are hungry. But it helps to slow the way that alcohol metabolizes. But alcohol aside, it's like if you really want the mac and cheese, get the mac and cheese. If yeah. not, you're going to think about it for like five days and eventually you're going to go somewhere and eat like a whole pizza to the face and go to bed in a food coma. And like you don't want that, you know? Yeah. So allow yourself to have those things if you're with someone and that also sounds good maybe you guys could split it and then you could also get your salmon veggies rice something a little healthier because it makes you feel good but don't get that because it's like gonna help you stick to your goals i mean if you're going out four times a week maybe yeah we need to get some stuff that helps you stick to your goals but if it's the occasional girls night like allow yourself to have that you got to live your life so you gotta also know who you are though yeah. because i think that whenever people ask me this it, it my answer Depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Again, that it depends answer. Absolutely. Because if it's somebody that's always going out, always cheating on yeah. whatever plan yeah. they have, always doing these things, then I'm going to be a little bit more strict with that client of than the client that's always there, always sticking to their meal plan, always, you know, or somebody that's in between that I might tell that person, okay, you know what? Like you can, you can probably just Go do your thing. Yeah. Right. Go do your thing. Don't worry about it. Just get back to the plan right. tomorrow. Yeah. But the client who's always going out every weekend is like, why am I not making progress? Right. Like, yeah. well. You tell me, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in those days where you're going out, you know, to brunch or have fun during the weekends, are you guys having them count macros? Are you guys counting macros yourselves? I'm, I'm asking so, for both your clients yeah, and yourself. I guess personally, I can give you a better answer because I know exactly, you know, what I'm doing. Um, I don't go out every weekend like that. If I do, it's maybe once a month. So I kind of let myself have whatever I want. Um, and then the next day, I really try to intuitively eat and hydrate because I'm kind of like, I probably overdid it last night. So today I'm going to listen to my body. If I'm really hungry, I'll eat a lot. But also if I wake up and I'm kind of full because I ate late, I may not have a huge breakfast. And that kind of helps me to like reset. And it also helps to put me in like a good mental place and like have a good relationship with the fact that I did that last night and that's great. If I have clients who are doing it every weekend and they say, hey, I want to do this every weekend, then yeah, we strategize. Um, maybe we change their plan a little bit to where I adjust the calories knowing that Saturday they're going to consume like two days worth of calories. So maybe we'll adjust the whole week to be in a little bit of a deficit all week. So at the end of the day, the whole week's calories is what's going to count and macros, of course, mm -hmm. it's more than just calories. So I could do it that way. Um, I would say most of my clients, though, are more like me and they eat pretty healthy oh, and if you. anything they need to just <laughs> yeah <laughs> if anything they need to just like you where know, do you find those clients go again? out <laughs> uh, what are you? i mean weston <laughs> weston yeah by the way i wanted to ask you something before we move on because yeah. i think it's important to clarify this every time that it brings up how long did it take you to feel like you could intuitively eat properly yeah and i listened to your guys episode about that it was great and i think it's very important because i do agree with what you guys were saying that it, it intuitive eating has become kind of like a trending thing and i don't know if that's weird or what but i think it's important because if everyone just intuitively ate and didn't know anything about nutrition I would intuitively eat carrot cake every day. Oh, and I'd be like, this this feels awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm but listening to my body. <laughs> I would say, I would say years. I mean, when I was little, a little girl, I didn't think about it. Um, I probably didn't eat that healthy growing up. And then went to college, dealt with a lot of like dieting, not dieting. Then I started tracking macros for a few years, got a little like obsessive with that. 
Then I took a complete break for like a year and a half where my fitness was all over the place, but I was just re, I don't know, trying to rekindle that relationship with food and myself. Um, and then after that, like now I track pretty much Monday to Friday. Today I didn't because I didn't have time, so I just kind of grabbed some sushi. But I knew, all right, I, I kind of had a low-protein breakfast because I, I track, so I need something that's a little bit higher protein. Tonight, Emily doesn't know it, but I'm going to ask her if we could do ceviche because I know I'm still kind of <laughs> low on protein. You know, so it's like I, I am thinking macros, um, but also if tonight, like, I want a piece of cake and I really want it. I have been eating healthy all week. I'm going to have it. So it's it's listening to what I want, but also listening to my hunger. And then mm -hmm. adjust to, like, if you have the cake today, you adjust for tomorrow. You know that tomorrow yeah, you're going to behave a little bit If better. I wake up with, like, extreme hunger, like, I'll eat. Yeah. Even, even if I know I went over calories or anything, like, I'll still eat a lot the next day. And I think that's where, like, the intuitive part comes into it, right? right. Like, mm -hmm. or if I wake up and I'm, like, really, really full, maybe I'll have, like, a banana and, like, a little scoop of peanut butter. Also, what are your goals right now? Are your goals to change your body composition or I just kind of to stay healthy, maintain, stay strong? Maintain. Like, right. I'm always trying to, like, switch up my programming, which kind of adds to, like, physical changes. The more mm -hmm. I train strength or hypertrophy or endurance, it's things my body will adapt to that but calorie wise i'm trying to just hang out in maintenance and maintain i mean i don't have any like big events coming up or anything i always want to look like pretty good but i like the way i look i think i look pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and it's taken me a while to be able to say that and get to this place so like i'm i'm really proud of myself good yeah. so what about you emily what do you uh, do you track no you? i do not track so when have I you ever tracked before? yes yep. so when i started my fitness journey I was very big on the macros, the counting calories. It was great because I was able to learn a lot about like how much I should eat, what works best for me, eating this amount of protein, carbs. Um, and then I became obsessed with it and I needed to run away. So I stopped, I took a little break and you know, I was still up and down with my fitness journey. And um, a couple of years ago, I just started, okay, I want to have a healthy relationship with food and, you know, feel good about what I'm eating. So I want to try, it wasn't like really called intuitive eating then, but I was like, right. um, I want to try eating based off how I feel and making sure, you know, now that I know how much I need to eat throughout a day, just make sure I hit that protein. That was kind of my main focus. I didn't really care about how much carbs or how much fat that I was eating. I just wanted to like maintain that protein. Um, and then after a while, I kind of, you know, like learned what works and I'm pretty in tune. Like if I know, you know, I didn't eat enough or I got too busy that I didn't get to have like my snack, I like make it up later in that day or the next day. And if I'm going to go out with my friends, I'm going to eat yeah. what I want. Yeah. yeah. And then so you'd say tracking helped you. It sounds it, like it did help to learn, to learn. like yeah. portions. It seems to be like a common trend and, for everybody. You know, yeah. it, it was yeah. definitely a good learning experience. If I hadn't gone through that, I probably would have had a harder time knowing how much carbs, protein, fats I should be eating or how right. much calories I should be eating for my body throughout a day, you know, because everybody's different. And like how energy wise too, like there were some days that like, you know, I was, I was like, you know, wanted to be like this six pack, yeah. like, you know, perfect aesthetic. Cause that's what I saw when I was like 16, you yeah. know? And you know, I no saw how much damage that did with like my relationship with food. And I never wanted to like deal with that again. And that's why I love training because I want to help other people and like not go through that. Cause I yeah. that just sucks. Seems yeah. to me like uh, tracking is uh what's it? There's a quote. It's Less about where you get, it's about who you become getting there. Yeah. That's how I count yeah, it. Yeah, I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so now it's just, I like that. 
Yeah. It's just intuitive. And I... Yeah. I, but like educated intuitive. And, yeah. yeah. And you know I, what I mean? And I, With experience. Yeah. I love intuitive, I, but also it kind of sounds like you have some sort of a meal plan in your mind too. Like it's intuitive in a sense where like you won't eat if you're hungry, but like you do know like you have this snack and like you have this like, you have yeah. structure to well, your day yeah, too. Yeah, I, I prepare, I have to, otherwise yeah. I won't eat. Yeah, because some people intuitive eat and they have like one meal a day. No, yeah. no. And it's like. And then there's times that I know that I should eat even though I'm not hungry and I will make myself eat because for my body type, I have a hard time keeping on that muscle that mass that I build. And I know right. the only way I can keep it is by eating. You got to eat. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm not really hungry, but I'll have a banana. You know you need butter. to eat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it depends. I mean, you have to assess each person and their mental health and relationship with food. But I think we all know that to reach certain fitness goals, you have to eat a certain way and consume yeah. X amount of calories. Macros are important. It's a case by case basis though on which is more important for the individual. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you find something that works for you, that's great. Work with a coach that also could change. Like you could be tracking one year, the other year, maybe you don't need to because other things going on in your life. So it depends. Yeah. <laughs> depends guys. Good answer. Yeah. Cool. Almost wrapping up here. Before we wrap up, and I know we're almost done. I did. Uh, we didn't write this down, and I know we wanted to go into this, so I'm going to ask okay. the question. What do you guys, and we already talked about this topic kind of, but I want to ask it anyway. What do you guys think of birth control? Oh, yeah. It's a very touchy subject in I today's atmosphere yeah but there's a lot of information that has come out <laughs> I feel like we talked about this. First. so <laughs> we're going personally viral, guys we're going personally viral. personally this is not birth control as a whole personally i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate agreed. it agreed i was on it Bye. i feel like it turned me into a different person um definitely my hormones were way out of whack i feel like we're not meant to take that um on the other hand, though, I understand not everyone has accessibility to things like condoms and stuff, and not everyone's as fortunate to be able to have that, to purchase that, and maybe they have this and they don't have that. So I understand also, though, if you you know, are trying to be responsible and you know you're not financially ready to have a child and you don't have the living situation, like there's a lot of factors that go into that. I think practice safe sex, be responsible, because that is like a child you could potentially bring into the world, so like be ready. But, yeah, I don't want to put any hormones in my body. I feel way better now that I got off of it. So, you know? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of different factors. Everyone's in different situations in their life. But I feel that birth control really Fs you up. Yeah. Well, I was on <laughs> it, go. and it took me a year to, to get, like, back. get back. So I have, a, I have a story to tell all of you. I was actually listening to this last night. Um, you know how... Uh, one of the reasons we judge attraction to someone is through pheromones. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the pheromones for men are present in sweat. So mm -hmm. they did a study. It was uh, three control groups. One part of the men was sweating profusely. The other were sweating moderate. And the last one weren't sweating at all. And they, later they asked girls to just smell the T-shirt and assess how attractive they thought the guys were. Some girls said the profusely. Some girls said the intermediate. Some girls said the no sweat at all. And then there was one group of girls that was like there was no trend they were all over the place and they went to study and see what the hell was wrong with those girls they were on birth control, birth control. also the the period wow. you get when you're on birth control 
is not a real period. So it's like it, it messes everything up. The pheromones, your your period, your getting hormones. getting off of it. I didn't get my period back for I don't know how long. So I, I believe I almost it. got diagnosed with PCOS when I got off of it because I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm breaking out. I can't figure out uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So a lot of girls actually deal with it. And it's, you know, you get acne, you can grow facial hair. Your testosterone is you gain a lot of weight. Normally high. Um, you have trouble getting pregnant. Um, so a lot of things like that. Um, and that really scared me. Yeah. So I was like, I need to get on it. Yeah. Sounds and important. it was, and it just took time because I had been on it for so long that yeah. I just had to be patient and just like, you know, do what I can that I had in my control and just wait for my body to like, you know, level out. But that's the thing. Like you, you did that, but like how many people and how many girls, do you know, who say like, Oh, my period's all over the place or I haven't got it. So the doctor told me I should get back on birth control to regulate my period. I've, I've also heard it for like, like uh, acne. Yeah. When acne, it's like, no, it look at your food, cramps. look at your sleep, look at your stress, look at your relationships. Like there's so many other things, but it's, it's a lot of work for a doctor to explain all that. Yeah. So sometimes, and it's a lot of different things. Like they'd have to go see this specialist and that specialist. And that's the thing. Like we are our own specialists. Like you have to realize everything connects and works together mm -hmm. and Doctors are great. Like there's a there's a place for each doctor and every test and some medications, but you have to know where and when to go to do that and when to be like, you know what? Thanks for the advice, but I'm gonna go do my own thing. And another thing I'll say is there's a lot of tools out there now that you don't need to be on birth control to track, you know, when you're the most fertile. The and new Apple Watch. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of things that you can do to prevent pregnancy. Yeah without being on birth control. Yeah. So I know too, like women who take it as they're older than they want to have kids, sometimes they have trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. So cool. yeah, we, I think we both don't we like We want it. the body functioning the way it was supposed to. Yeah, but again, not everyone has access, so those are things to consider as well. Right. Last topic of the day for you girls. Last, very last question. <laughs> so sad. If you can both please briefly share your favorite client success story, your favorite transformation that you have experienced in your years of training other people? Mm. That's a hard one. That is a hard <laughs> one. You guys are probably like, oh, we have so many. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking like which way I want to go. I mean, <laughs> one? We don't need another episode for this then. I know. <laughs> okay, so I'll say one. And it's, it's I have two, okay. Okay, but, go but ahead. The, but the one that I was really thinking of, so I have this little boy. He's so cute. I started training him when he was eight years old. Wow. He's, he's on the spectrum very little homeschooled and he's homeschooled for health reasons because they want to keep his immune system good they don't want him when he started training me he's so cute he looked like a little stick figure right we got him training we got him working out and his his way of training was way different you know i was making obstacle courses in the gym getting him on the bike you know doing just human movement activities with him um and like a year later his mom comes to me and she goes guess what i bought him this weekend a bike and he was now from working out with me confident and strong enough to ride a bike at home outside Dude, you're gonna wow. make me cry and i was like <laughs> oh my goodness this is amazing you know this little boy is so cute and has so much potential and you know and now that he i've been working with him he can ride a freaking bike that's yeah, awesome life-changing for sure so that was that's one of my favorites one of your favorites oh i love that um okay mine yeah i have two i'm sorry they're so different so one <laughs> One girl started off, didn't really know anything about fitness, completely under eating, hated herself, transformed her through the barbell, and she was eating like a Let's beast, go. and she looked amazing. 
amazing. Like that lean, muscular, like she fell in love with fitness. So that was amazing. And then opposite end, I have a client now who's 72. Wow. And he has structural scoliosis and he had never lifted before. The doctor told him, you should really just focus on working out your chest to balance it out. I w- exactly. The same face that you guys made is what I made. And I was like, wait. So he, his shoulders are already really rounded. So why would you only focus on the chest? I don't know. Not sure. But he's goblet squatting. He's deadlifting. He's doing push-ups on the ground. Like, incredible. You know, you can't completely fix that, but his shoulders are way more pulled back. We drew face pulls. And, yeah, he, he um, recently slipped on a bag of onions in his kitchen and was able to catch himself wow, in, nice. like, a lunge and did it nice. ball. So Yay. those were the two. Very exciting. Yeah. Beautiful. That's good. All right, thanks for sharing. That was yeah. awesome. Of course. Yeah. Ladies. That's what, that's what it's about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how we do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. So amazing. That's how we change Helping lives people is make it better. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and learning. Always. And learning. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was a great information-packed episode. I definitely learned a lot. A lot of things that I had. I had no idea even existed. So thank you for sharing everything that you guys shared. Yeah, thank you guys. If people enjoy this podcast, where can they find you? Please plug yourself once more. So me, Morgan, they can find me at Morganic underscore lifestyle on Instagram, MorganicLifestyle.com and at Morganic underscore lifestyle on TikTok. Yeah, it's a Morganic Lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me at Emily Marie underscore apparel or emilymarieapparel.com. Um, that is for my active wear brand, but you can still find me there. And at USI Ultimate Sports Institute in Weston. There we go. Yeah, if you're in the South Florida area, come check her out. Yeah. Gentlemen. All right. Andres right here. As always, you can find me on Instagram at AC underscore perform strong and website coming soon. Oh, nice. uh, Jose at lifting for the better. Dot com, lifting for the better Instagram, lifting for the better TikTok. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and the performance training on Instagram and the performance on TikTok. And that's pretty much about it. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys got a lot of value from that episode. And I'll see you in the next one.